Hi, I'm Danny Murphy, and welcome back to Virtual Reality, where me and Evan Real spill all the reality TV news and gossip, and get ready to listen to our full, unedited interview with one of your favorite reality TV stars. Mike, the situation, you are really shaking up the pop culture world right now with all these revelations from your book, Reality Check, um, that everyone is about to dig into. Congratulations, by the way. We are so excited to chat with you and dig into it ourselves. Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's great to see you guys. I was actually, uh, I think, in the office the other day. I bumped into you guys. Yes. Uh, so it's good to see you guys again. Yeah. I know. We are so excited to talk to you. And also because I know when we last spoke with you in the summer, we were the book, I think, was just announced. And now we're finally at the time of its arrival. How have you been feeling? Because, I mean, you're no stranger to having new seasons of shows come out and everything like that. But this book seems like a completely different ball game to emotionally prepare for its release. Uh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I had to have multiple lawyers actually look at this book to filter out, to make sure that I can release it. Uh, that's how uh, sensitive the content is. Um, and I really went full uh, disclosures, full transparency, and it was really no holds barred in this uh, tell-all. Where did you start in this whole process? I mean, how was the writing process like for you? Did you sort of go into it with a plan to reveal all of this sensitive information? Um, well, you, you know what? Uh, I I had felt at the particular point in my career and family life right now um, that I had made it to the other side. And I had felt that it was time to share the situation that people were unaware of. I mean, I've been on TV for the past uh, 15 years. My life has been a TV show uh, and people think they know the situation, but you know, there was so much that people didn't know. So I really went into this like, okay, it's time to, to really tell people the real situation. And, and that's why, like I said, I had to have uh, not one lawyer, but two lawyers look at this to make sure that we were allowed to, to public, to publicize this. And I feel I can only imagine now it's so great that you're able to tell the full story about your life and to let everybody know what's really going on. But for the past, like you said, decade plus you were on TV, you were also getting talked about and discussed and you pro you weren't able to really give maybe your full reply you would want to. Were there any moments that really stand out from the past that you wish you maybe vocalized yourself more, stuck up for yourself more when a conversation was going on online or in the press? Um, I mean, we're talking about almost a 15 year career, so we, we might have to uh, clarify a little bit more. Um, but I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm now eight years clean and sober today. Uh, I just announced on social media. Uh, I just also celebrated five years in a happy, healthy marriage. Uh, we got two babies and another one on the way. So um, I always wanted to write a book and I always said, you know, maybe my life story uh, would be someone's survival guide. And and now it is. I wrote the book. It's my masterpiece. And it's a page turner. It's going to be a movie. I'm calling it right now. I'm telling you, it's it's the craziest book you guys will read. Uh, you can't put it down. Anybody I let read it early, which um, has been the press, they said they haven't been able to put it down. Reliving one's past, I feel like can be either cathartic or triggering what was the experience like for you sort of looking back on some of the darker moments in your life was it tough at all it was definitely tough 
Um, there's a lot of tough moments in that book. There's a lot of uh, dark times. Um, but I was very proud um, how I handled myself as a man, um, you know, and um, um, but writing this book was extremely uh, emotional and um, it was definitely tough to get through. Um, it was not it, it's not easy talking about uh, addiction, uh, prison, uh, miscarriage. Uh, a baby in a NICU. Um, it, it, was, it was obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and um, I really wanted to get a uh, get it across to the reader um, that you can go through obstacles in life. Life's going to happen on life's terms, um, but you can get through those if you believe in yourself and move forward one day at a time. And in situations like that, after you would finish unpacking and writing after something with heavy topics that were very personal to you. Do you implement any type of self-care or check-in that kind of was above, like the routine that you would do to make sure you were ready to go on and continue? Like, did you have that or were you just kind of like- uh, well, for, for when I was writing the book? Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't like to admit it. I definitely broke down uh, many times in the two years writing the book. I mean, especially, um, there's a ton of tough times. I mean, my son was in the NICU. That was a very traumatic time. Uh, writing that and articulating uh, a, a detailed book to, you know, and, 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 you know, where it's going to be a good one. It's not, it wasn't easy. Um, so I, I definitely broke down, you know, driving, driving home from, uh, from um, actually funny yesterday. I think I just finished the audio book. And I told my wife, I broke down many times just doing the audio book. Um, I actually did my own audio for my own book. Um, it was definitely hard to to get through some of the chapters for sure. It was tough to relive the situation where your son was in the NICU. And I, I can't imagine how hard that was to go through in real time and then have to sort of revisit it. But that does make me think like you are this you know, very loving family man. Now you have your beautiful uh, life with Lauren and your kids and a new baby on the way. Are you going to let your kids read this book one day? I, um, I think I'll let the kids read the book maybe when they turn 18, <laughs> they, you know, um, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm very proud of the book. I think that my kids have a sober, mindful dad, um uh, that they can look up to um that is a champion of addiction uh, but um there's a lot of stories in that book i would like them to wait till they read till they're about uh, 18 and I'm also cuz they're going to have some stories with being like wait uncle vinny and my dad yeah what? What yep. yeah it's so <laughs> great it's, exactly. it's not just your stories it's uncle vinny and snooky and jay well oh my god you know yeah exactly I think a lot of people are surprised to know that you and Vinny and Polly had a little MVP celebration with a lot of ladies at yeah. one point. Did you give Vinny and Polly a heads up that you were going to include this wonderful? Yes, trip? most recently I did. Um, I just told them probably a few weeks ago, maybe, um, you know, and uh, but while I was um, articulating and doing the book, I felt that the way that I described said orgy was, uh, was very good. The way that I described it, it was very, I finessed it really good. Okay. For, for the, for the kids who have not read the book yet, 
what do you mean by that? To, to talk, talk okay. to in, instead of instead of being graphic and being like, okay, you know, you know, we we had this orgy. I described it as the uh, immortal Biggie Smalls quote that you know you get your friends and I'll get my friends and we can be friends. So therefore, I I finessed it in a way that you're like, wow. Well, what just happened? But also, um, it's an orgy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sharing is caring. You know, it's yeah. just it's just good. Everyone could get it. And I mean, of course, I mean or orgies. Um, I feel have a special, like you say, finessing and dancing to it. And I mean, I don't know if you're going to be biased with this answer. Who do you feel was the MVP of the MVP orgy? <laughs> You know, that's funny. Um, you know what? I think that um I I don't know. I was I was quite busy at the time to, yeah. to be able to judge uh who was the MVP and the MVP uh orgy. Uh, but I did recently tell uh Vinny and Polly, and Polly chuckled, and Vinny was like, Was there more than one? Uh, was there? I mean, I, when I spoke to the boys, me and Paulie were like, there might have been more than one. Yeah. I mean, life was probably moving very fast at that very time. Fast, yeah. So I do wonder, like, how did you rejog your memory to write this book? Because I, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So yeah. keeping journals and diaries or like what? It, how it was definitely a, a, a monstrous undertaking to write this book. Um, we started out doing a, a, a bird's eye uh, outline. Uh, of my life. Um, and then um, we went through and we added in, let's just say if I had about uh, about 15 draw dropping stories that, I mean, just one of the stories you're going to be like, I mean, obviously you guys know some of the stories now they're all over the press, but just one of those stories um, would be enough to fill a book. But, you know, I had, you know, like 15 of them. So, and obviously in, in the 15, obviously would be the MVP orgy, the $500,000 um, for cocaine and, and, um, and oxycodone, the million dollars for uh, lawyers, the, the sex tape that almost was re revealed. So you, you see all these stories. So then we went through and started filling in all the stories and then you fill in the blanks from there. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, speaking of that emergency sex tape that your family co-signed in, in case you needed to, to uh, go we, for it. We, we could clarify it. I, 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 um, because there's a lot of reports that, you know, my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, okayed it with my mom. They were in the same room at the same time when I had a discussion with my manager and my team that this could be an option because we were bleeding money. There was more money going out than coming in. Um, you know, and we're like, okay, they're like, Mike, you know, why did you need to speak to us? And I'm like, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, we're in dire straits. And to be honest with you, I've had this uh, sex tape for a couple of years now. And it is multiple per participants. It was three plus me. And, um, and we, you know, this might be the option. And then from that particular point, um, everybody had wide eyes. Everybody's like, are we really doing this? Um, are you okay with it? Are you sure you want to go down this road? And then uh, we went to the lawyers uh, and then the lawyers looked at it. And then, um, and then we started to go down and do the due diligence of 
selling said sex tape. And then we contacted, you know, Vivid and some of the adult entertainment uh, companies to see um, how and when and uh, we we would release it. Uh, what would be the said compensation and and also some of the logistics of releasing it. And then um, eventually we realized against it that there was more negative than positive and uh, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Mm. Yeah, I think you, you weren't going to accept the compensation that they, they could have offered you because it wasn't equivalent to the Jersey Shore money you were making? It, it, well, yeah, well, at, at the time... Again, I was bleeding money, so you have to understand that. Like, I I needed a I needed like a lump, a lump sum, you know. And I was making upwards of almost two hundred thousand dollars an episode from MTV, so I'm used to, you know, some very um, higher compensation numbers. Um, and I think that the the first offers that came back were maybe like low six figures and some back end on on the sex tape, and I was just like, it's too low and I'm not, I felt there was more risk than reward at that time. Um, maybe, you know, if it was like somebody said a million or something, if that, if that was in the verbiage, maybe that would have changed the conversation, but it wasn't. And we, we, it, it, I advised against it. Once we started to get numbers back from different adult entertainment companies, we were like, okay, no, this is not, this is not worth it. Also, I feel there has to be a moment too, where you're like, I'm making 200 an episode. You're like, I'm a. I know my worth. And you're like, I know yeah. quality. I know quality performance when I see it. That let, let, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, you're hundred percent correct. <laughs> um, again, like we're, you're, you're talking to a guy that has his own Christmas ornament. I got bobbleheads, my own ab cream, my own GTL bags, uh, my own vodka, you know, I'm getting $200,000, almost an episode uh, for Jersey Shore. I'm getting paid almost a half a million from pharmaceutical companies to rep uh, their products. So when we got those first initial offers from um, the adult entertainment companies, I was like, nah. I was like, and then, and then, you know, the, the way that it was released and all the things that needed to be done to release it, we were like, nah, it's going to stay in my past. And that's where it, it stayed. And I'm happy it did. And look and at also- you now, like you, you pulled yourself out from under, you have this incredible home now and yes. are good and gravy and you never had to release a sex tape. What a blessing. It's an amazing, crazy story to tell. It is to think that it's almost comical that the emergency plan was a sex tape. If you think about it, who has an emergency plan to release a sex tape? It's a reality star. A rainy day fund. Yeah. (laughs) And also because I know how people's brains work. I just now need you to settle this because you did say it was you, three plus people, we were just talking about MVP orgies. It was not, what was the sex tape? A situation solo of Jersey Shore stars or were other Jersey Shore stars? Oh, involved? no, 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 no. It, it was a solo. We never, never recorded any of the, the MVP stuff. But well, yeah, if, but again, if, I, I, MVP, we had a conversation, I think a couple of weeks ago and we were all looking at each other. And we're like, was it more than one? And it's so funny because we kind of chuckled like, eh, I think it might've been more than one. When you made the sex tape a few years prior to considering its release, did you make it with the intention of 
maybe releasing it one day or was it just for fun? Oh, no, no. I, I had just, again, if you read the book, um, a threesome was a slow night, you know? Uh, uh, you know, a lot of the times it was upwards of six to 10 uh, women in the room at a time. Um, again, a lot of the times feasibly that's not uh, realistic to to accomplish said goal. <laughs> but I definitely, my eyes were definitely bigger than my head. I was gonna say, girl number nine, just like, should I go? Like, I, I like. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, just waiting. To be honest with you, it was it was like that a few times. There were conversations in the midst of like, how are we even gonna accomplish said mass? You know, it's almost like a mass orgy of like, you know, a nine plus me or ten plus me. Uh, you know, so it's it's such a crazy story. I mean, you're not gonna be able to put the book down. I mean, it's a page turner. I think a lot of people are going to be interested to hear some behind the scenes details about your time on the the first iteration of Jersey Shore. One thing that really struck me is that you were able to smuggle drugs mm. into filming in yeah. different cities and states, yeah, yeah. countries. Like, how did you do that? And you never like you never really got caught. This uh, like a Netflix movie. This like yeah. a Netflix movie. I'm telling you. Um, every season after season one was like Mission Impossible trying to smuggle drugs into the Jersey Shore house in a different state, in a different country, trying to get past their security protocols. Um, and every season uh, would be a different uh, caper. And ironically, when you read the book, you're like, oh, my God, he was actually, you know, successful uh, in, you know, every smuggling attempt, every caper. Um, there was me jumping out of cars sometimes, you know, just to escape security and cops and producers to um, to have a drug exchange. I mean, it's like a, an action movie. Because That yeah. was the thing. When I was reading the details, I was like, the situation jumping out of cars to avoid all this. And also, it's probably that interesting thing, too, that it was before more of such a social media time where, like, less or like less eyes on you of like a of a person being like Dumas I see the situation running out of a car and yes too. yes I mean I I describe in the book as I'm running down the streets of Miami in a bright uh blue uh Ed Hardy pants uh with a with a uh guinea a white guinea tee on and people screaming my name snapping photos as I'm being chased by security cops producers and I'm on the hunt to uh, try to score prescription pills. I mean, it's just, it, it's just insanity. That is the hard thing about the Jersey Shore crew. You guys, I mean, I'm from Jersey, so I love the fashion, but you guys stand out. Yes. The clothing is not a blended. Imagine trying to escape, right? And be inconspicuous. And you're running down the street in a guinea tee and a backwards hat on the biggest television show in the country with bright blue Ed Hardy pants uh, with a bunch of rosary beads. Uh, and I'm just running down the, uh, around the street with cops that are there to protect me, security from MTV to protect me and producers. They're all to protect me. And I am just wilding. How did you find contacts in different cities and even countries to find drugs? And was it an interesting exchange when you had achieved this overnight fame? Like, were your dealers like, oh, my God, it's like the situation. <laughs> did you ever get a deal or did they, they up you? They definitely were like that. But um, you're I mean, technically, early on in the book, when you read it, I, I come from a, a drug dealing past. Um so um, when I got discovered, 
uh, and I made all this money, I kind of reverted back to some of those bad behaviors. Um, so I reverted back to those old childhood friends that still were selling drugs uh, to either send me drugs, FedEx, um, maybe sometimes I'd fly them down when I knew that I was going to be in that city. So they were housed up, posted up already down there. So at a moment's notice, I knew that you're down there because I flew you down there. You know, when it was in Italy, I smuggled them across the border, obviously, in my shoe. There was like 200 pills in each shoe. Um, obviously, I ran out and I started to go through withdrawals and then I banged my head through a wall. And then there was that uh, situation there. It's kind of interesting because watching back those early seasons, you know, I maybe I'm naive, but I would have had no idea that you were high. When you look back at those early seasons, are there moments that you're like, oh, wow, like clear, clearly I look high here and the, the audience oh, uh, didn't catch on? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, there were so many times, and I have to say this, that like the executives of MTV – you know, Sally Ann Salsano, the big head boss, like they would really try. They would pull me aside early on. We're talking season two. Um, like, Mike, are you okay? You know, they wanted to 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 let me know that it was okay to put my hand up and say I needed help. But early on, I just I was in denial. Um, and um and I sort of was running away from my problems for for many years. And um, and I even even had some some definitely some some, uh, you know, I think early on confrontations with, with production, because they were like trying to save my life. Mm. And I was running away from that. And I was in denial. And uh, so I have to definitely say that production, they were trying to save me for a long time. And you were saying too, that it was very hard for you in that moment to realize to put my hands up, I need help. And obviously speaking to you now, you're sober, you're happy with your family and everything, but still life gets hard and like situations are just hard even for the situation. Do you have, mo when you face uh, issues now where you're like annoyed or stressed or upset, do you feel it's easier to ask for help because of what you've been through? Or are you still kind of needing to go in your head to say, no, it's okay to ask for help? I mean, I, I recommend to anybody that it's it's very courageous to ask for help. But um, now, eight years sober, um, I'm I'm never tempted to to break my streak or you know um, to uh, relapse or anything like that. Um, if I have a bad day, I have a diet soda and some salty snacks. You know what I mean? And I'm watching yeah. a movie, uh, and I do it for the night. And the next day, I'm at the gym. That, that and that's what I love about myself. When I have, if I have a bad day, and I rarely have a bad day, um, I cheat on my diet, mm -hmm. and then the next day I'm back at the gym. I'm, I'm I'm back taking care of myself. I'm back trying to become a better version of myself. I'm trying to achieve in life. Um, after after I wrote after I wrote this book, and now that I'm an author, now there's going to be another challenge over the next couple of months after press is done and and this becomes a bestseller. Uh, maybe it's be becomes a movie or a documentary, and now I'll work on that. Yeah, uh, I love that. There is a beautiful moment in the book where you talk about how your mom and Lauren kind of came together. They joined forces and they sort of started you on your path to recovery, and that came after you you know potentially almost. OD'd on heroin. Um, what an eventful moment in your life. And honestly, it's, it was kind of like divine intervention, I feel like, for th that to happen. What do you remember from that moment? Um, and 
reflecting on it, it just, you must feel so grateful. I, I, I am so grateful. My, my mother and my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, they, um, they were sent from the almighty to save my life. You know, um, I remember being in my room, um, and I had the said drugs on me, um, something that I said I would never do. Uh, I was a multimillionaire, a household name on the biggest TV show in the country. And I'm in a dark room with a, a bag of heroin. And um, and I, I, I try to keep on of it. And I, 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 I and at first I was like, OK, I kind of didn't like it. Um, but then there was uh, like a devil on my shoulder that was like, um, why don't you try uh, another keep up? Maybe that will make you feel a little bit better. Um, and as I went in to try for that second, uh, key bump, my phone rang and it was my mother. Um, and I'm like, this is crazy. And I was like, what's up, mom? She was like, are you okay? And her, her, she just sounded very concerned. And I, and it just really weirded me out in the moment. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Am I on the Truman show? I literally looked up at my ceiling to see if there was hidden cameras. I mean, I, I've done reality TV for 10 or, I mean, it's now 15 years, but I looked up at the ceiling. Oh my God. Like, uh, you know, am I on a, a, a hidden reality TV show and no one told me about it or something? Or maybe I signed some documents when I was high. I don't know what happened here. Uh, you know, it could be very, it could be possible, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know? And, um, so I, I told my mom, I'm fine. And then she's like, no, no, no. Are you fine? And then, and then, and, and then I was like, at that same time, the, uh, there was a knock on the door and it was Lauren and she was knocking at the door abrasively trying to get in. And I took it. I'm like, this is way too much. This is a sign from, from the almighty. My, my, my eyes and my ears were open up, were open just enough for me to hear that message. And I was like, this is crazy. So I, I immediately stopped what I was doing. I could have easily died in that moment and, and not here to talk to you guys. And I threw the drugs down the toilet. I opened the door. I hung up with the phone. My mom, uh, with like so almost like tears in my in my eyes that I I sort of surrendered, and then I me and Lauren we embraced, and I told her that I needed to call my pretrial officer in that moment, who was handling my case, and I needed to pretty much surrender and say that uh, I've had enough, and that I needed to go to rehab, and then uh, I was at rehab the next day, and I uh, never looked back since. And now uh, I just if you look at my social media today, I'm celebrating eight years of sobriety. Got two babies and I got one on the way. Um, I'm a champion of addiction. The, the the face of the comeback is greater than the setback. And I wrote this book and 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 I was unfiltered and raw because I felt that it was gonna save millions of lives. It's not just gonna be for fans of you who enjoy watching you, but for people just struggling. And I feel like it's gonna be one of those books, people that might not even know you that well, but know been through what you've been through or something like it, it's going to help them feel seen and heard too, which is such a beautiful gift that you're giving like for years to come. Yeah. I, I think this book has got everything in it. You know, it's, it's going to shock you. It's going to entertain. It's a page turn. It's like an action movie, but at its core, and it's even a love story as well, but at its core, um, it's going to save millions of lives. Cause I document in, in this book in detail, how I saved myself from addiction. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we can't wait to watch like, the movie version. Yeah, I know. Oh yes, yes, yes. We yeah, I gotta I gotta get Miles Teller in there to play the situation. Oh yeah, it. I love it.
If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality by Page Six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.